0: Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like this episode, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so doesn't cost you a single cent and ensures you always stay up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Lockdown Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's podcast, I thought I would take a little bit of a different tact and talk about some of the biggest winners and losers from this NHL season. We'll go with the Jets first and talk about individual players and stuff, and then move on to some of the other teams from around the league and kind of get a bigger, maybe more holistic view of what defines like a good season or a bad season for some of these teams. You might be surprised to know that, in my opinion, the Jets season wasn't exactly a big loser season, but I also can't really call it a winner either. At the end of it, you know, making the postseason is a positive, right? But I think the way that you do it is very important. And the way that the Jets kind of just squeaked in, especially in the North Division, leaves a lot of questions. Most of which probably have some form of an answer already. I think we kind of know where the Jets stand, and it's not really a shocker that, in fact, they're out in round number two. But I won't call this season a complete failure. I think, you know, getting into the postseason and sweeping the Oilers is obviously a very positive thing. What happened in the Montreal series, though, is enough to make you wonder if, in fact, the side leads a little bit more to, like, a losing season. When you think about the structure of the league this season and the opportunities that afforded Winnipeg to actually advance beyond round number one and two and maybe even into the semifinals or something, the Jets had a lot of room to make noise. Getting absolutely smacked by the Montreal Canadiens probably says a lot about where the Jets are in relation to some of these teams that at one point were considered to be inferior. I think just about every pundit had the Winnipeg Jets beating Montreal in five or six games, right? So it's obvious that a lot of folks felt the Jets were the favored team. And I do think it was a lot closer than people realized in terms of like who was actually favored on paper. But obviously the results, not quite the same thing. But we've talked about Winnipeg getting curb stomped by Montreal before. I think it's time to focus more on individual winners and losers. There are some interesting choices for the Jets. We'll start up front at forward. I think Winnipeg has a couple of very clear winners. And that's going to be guys like Nikolai Ehlers, Matthew Perreault, and probably someone like Mason Appleton. But yeah, let's start off with Nikolai Nikolai Ehlers. Nick, you know, he took a huge step forward in some areas in terms of, like, actual points production, although his actual play-driving ability maybe wasn't quite at the level of what we've seen in previous years. Not to say that he was actually much worse than he usually is. I would say he's probably about... Close to even-ish, enough for my tastes, right? He's still driving play in transition. He's creating tons of, you know, great opportunities. He's showing off that excellent distribution and offensive zone possession skill. I mean, it's just everything that we've come to expect from him but now he's finally starting to earn a little bit more ice time. That he's actually still playing under 20 minutes in most games this year remains one of the most consistently baffling things about this this coaching staff. If you have to pick out one decision that just doesn't really make any sense whatsoever, it's not playing your best forward as much as he deserves to be. I, I get that, you know, the top line and stuff is cemented as Winnipeg's go-to for offense, but when you really think about it, the Jets don't tend to be much in the way of production from other lines. You have to look at the top two lines as their main offensive units and to be honest, the first line just doesn't get it done that often. The second line, so long as Ehlers isn't playing with absolute boat anchors, is usually pretty bonkers. Nick, frankly, just hits different and it's really crazy how good he is this year and how fun he's been to watch. And it's also nice to see him actually get rewarded for his goal scoring opportunities and really good creation with actual points and stuff. In previous years we used to joke that he was a bit snake-bitten when it came to, to scoring goals. This year, his shooting percentage finally decided to take off, and it's really fun to watch. I know it's against the North Division, and obviously a lot of these teams either don't have great goaltending or, you know, great defending. But you have to ask yourself, do you really freaking care? I mean, it's Nikolai Ehlers doing Nikolai Ehlers stuff. Just enjoy it in the moment. People weren't going to say that about Connor McDavid putting, like, 100-plus points in, what, 55, 56 games? Sure, the North maybe doesn't defend, but that doesn't make the feat any less impressive. And I think what Ehlers did this year, yeah, you have to love it. Sadly, you could kind of tell that he was definitely nicked up when it came to the postseason. I felt like his mobility, his creative skills, and his general speed and movement just weren't really at 100%. It sounds like he had like a a torn labrum or something, and it sounds like he also cracked a rib. So he was definitely not at full strength, and you could really tell in his performance. It sucks because Ehlers is Winnipeg's most creative player, and if he's not really going, the team kind of falls apart a bit. It's obvious as to why Ailers for me, is probably one of this season's MVPs. I think I've given him an award before. I forget what I, I gave him this year, maybe one or two awards. He was certainly right up there with Hellebuck in terms of importance. Hellebuck eventually won out in that respect, but it's hard to overstate just how great Ailers is for this team and what he means. This is a guy that the Jets, frankly, don't play enough, and I really feel like they don't value him enough in the way that they should. Even if in in words and and feelings they really love him, you know, give him more ice time. Let him prove to you just how valuable he truly is. Nikolai Ehlers is, for me, maybe one of the biggest winners of the season, and it's going to be great to see him at full strength next season. Well, actually, the Jets are just going to need him, period, because we're moving back to the Central folks, and it's not going to be super fun. We'll see if Ehlers finally gets the uh, the first-line ice time that he deserves. It seems like during the playoffs he was getting a lot more uh, mileage in terms of what the coaching staff felt he deserved, but... You know, kind of late in the season to find out that he is your first-line winger. Somebody who frankly deserves to be playing among the best on the team. Nick never really seems to complain about his ice time, but you have to look at it in comparison to guys like Shifley and stuff and feel, yeah, you know, Nick probably deserves like four or five extra minutes. He's better than most of the players on the roster in terms of on-ice performance. He's actually a very hard-working, industrious player, although he does occasionally cheat here and there on some dives and stuff, but... You kind of have to accept that as part of what he does. You do wish he would do maybe a little bit less of it sometimes, but overall, Ehlers, one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL. I love him, and Winnipeg is frankly super lucky that he is a winner for the Jets. We do have a couple of other winners that won't quite have as much of an epic description as I just gave Nick. I feel like Ehlers probably deserves it a little more than most. But in just a moment, we will continue our winners and losers from the Jets, as well as some of the other teams from around the league. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about tonight's title sponsors at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, journalists, and everyone in between, in real time, about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NHL. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, Big news, trade rumors, and all the NHL discussion you can handle. You can even find locked on hosts from the rest of our wonderful networks like NBA, MLB, and NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started and I'll meet you there. Go download the free locker room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app very soon. I'll be sure to let you know once the lockdown Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bar's if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market. They are more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. They come in 9 delicious flavors like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But be sure to stay tuned to BiltBar.com and any of their social media feeds because they often release some very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that you simply do not want to miss. If something like churro puff sounds delicious to you, well then you need to stay tuned to BuiltBar.com at all times. As as good as Built Bars taste, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 70-18 grams of protein, 130-180 to 180 calories, and 4-5 grams of net carbs. They're tasty, healthy, and they suit every single lifestyle. To place your order, go to BiltBar.com, and when you're checking out, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com when you're checking out. Order today and get that raspberry, mint brownie, or limited edition flavor of your dreams. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about winners and losers from Winnipeg season and beyond Winnipeg. For the Jets, you know, it's been a bit of a strange year. I think, you know, obviously for every team it's been an odd season, but for the Jets especially, I mean, living in this North Division and and seeing the same teams over and over again, somehow falling to third after, well, being a top-two team for a while, just in regards to the North Division, not the rest of the league, I think the Jets maybe felt they were better than they truly were, but Connor Hellebuck, of course, doing Connor Hellebuck things kind of carried them. That said, you know, there are certainly some players that have stood out. We've talked about Nikolai Ehlers, and also from the four ranks, I gotta give credit to Matthew Perot. The Frenchman really stepped up when the Jets needed him most, and finally, he's had a healthy year. He did get nicked up a couple of times, but he seemingly was able to shake it off, which is great because when Perot is doing his thing at both ends of the ice, he's one of the shiftiest, most creative players in the entire league. But, you know, despite being on the older side and age being an obvious factor, inhibiting him from being the top-end attacker he used to be, he's still really good in the corners. He loves being a pest, he's very smart at thieving the puck, He just seems to understand space better than most players ever will. And kind of like Corey Perry, he understands how to get under your skin. Perot is a really feisty player, but he uses that to his advantage, and he knows how to force turnovers and bad mistakes. Some of his best goals this year came off of watching the defender about to make a pass, intercepting the lane, picking it off, and immediately countering it for a great snipe. You know, Perot, he may be on the older side, but he's still got it. I'd love to see him come back. Maybe for one to two years. I mean, I would basically take him in any role. Obviously, I'd want him playing more than just fourth line duties, but anytime you get Matthew Perot on the ice, good things tend to happen. I mean, for crying out loud, he made the fourth line actually look serviceable. You know, Trevor Lewis is certainly an all right guy, but Nate Thompson definitely struggles. When they're with Perot though, Matty P does everything, and he helps account for their mistakes. So I really feel like Perot needs to be made a jet for at least one more year. I'd love to see him stay, maybe on a really cheap contract if he's willing to take it. And hopefully he retires a Winnipegger. Aside from the forwards, we also have some defenders who are probably considered winners. And there's only really two of them, I'd have to say. And the first one is, of course, going to be Neil Pionk. Neil, obviously, was one of Winnipeg's standout performers. But even by his standards, I was very surprised at just how good he was. The more I think about him having pretty decent numbers despite playing with guys like, you know, Derek Forbort and stuff... I really have to say, I think he's done an admirable job of anchoring Winnipeg's first and second pairings. At times, the first pairing, because he did get deployed a lot, especially earlier this season. Morrissey's unit still gets the preferential treatment, but by the same token, Pionk is right there behind him. So, overall, Pionk had a monster season. I was really impressed with him. Would he be a number one or a number two on like a super deep contender? Probably not, but as like a really elite number three? Yeah, I think Pionk's got a great case for that and certainly a case to have a letter on his shoulder too. I felt like his on ice leadership was great. I felt like I was really impressed with his performance this year. I want him to come back big time. As far as Winnipeg's defenders go, the other winner was Dylan DeMello. I felt like DeMello was probably more of a stabilizing force than a lot of Jets fans realize. When he was playing with Morrissey, you know, Josh was able to do his thing a lot more comfortably. Morrissey, when he has to carry a pairing with somebody like, say, Tucker Pullman, it's just not a good mixture. Morrissey is one of those complimentary defenders who, if you give him a really active, really smart puck mover, he can handle his own, but if you ask him to be the lead number one D on a pairing, he's just not capable of that. He's always been more suited to having somebody else do a lot of the heavy lifting while he sort of compliments and attacks in in certain areas, but not the, the lead person who's creating or defending. Morrissey is the details player, and I think that really makes a difference when you pair him with somebody like Demello. Demello was instantly a much better partner for him than anyone else on the Jets. Even Pianca and Morrissey didn't really have the same level of results that Morrissey and Demello did. And look, they weren't exactly amazing because Morrissey is still Morrissey, but they were certainly better than what we saw for most of the year. Dylan and his wife also welcomed a new member to their family, so really, DeMelo's are, are just winning this year, big time. The last so-called defender that is going to qualify as a winner, not really a defender, but, you know, Connor Hellebuck defending this team from the back. I'm just going to give it to him. He was basically Winnipeg's best defender by a country mile, and, you know, obviously he's a goalie, but, you know, I don't really know that I can say anyone else was covering the back end as well as he was. So long as he wasn't playing the puck. Those were usually the really scary times. But otherwise, when he was in his crease and in his net, you know, really good things happened. Connor Hellebuck has started to show a level of consistency to his Vesna caliber performance, and I really feel like that deserves a lot of credit. I've been very impressed with him over the past couple of seasons, that he was able to replicate most of his form from last year, even with some minor caveats this season, just overall really impressed with him. Doing so year over year, sustaining that level of performance is almost impossible for most keepers, so that he's kind of doing the John Gibson thing, I really love to see it. When you find a goalie like that, you really have to do everything you can to make them happy and give them a team to work with because if you trust in them, they'll be the difference maker when push comes to shove. Those elite goalies that so very rarely show up for teams, Connor Hellebuck is one of them and Winnipeg, I really feel like, isn't doing enough to take advantage of his youth years while he's still so good. The Jets need to get serious while there's still time because Hellebuck won't keep up this level of performance forever. He's really good right now and the Jets need to make the most of that while he can still put up these amazing numbers. And now it's time to start talking about some of the less fun parts, and those are the players we might consider losers for this season. Not losers because they're bad people or something, but because maybe this year didn't really work out for them. I know I said I was going to talk about some teams that were winners and losers. I might save that for next episode just because I feel like You know, the loser section for the Jets might do it for this episode. There are quite a few candidates, unfortunately, because the Jets this year just not so great. Before we get to the more sordid stuff, I did want to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and every incredible sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and join your favorite teams as they begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as they win. To get started, register for a free account at BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a 50% matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading. Maybe you've heard of some of this stuff, maybe you dabble in it yourself. But really, do you know the secret to growing long-term wealth? If not, then you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, and no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's wealthfron dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Welcome back to this episode of the LockedOn Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping winners and losers from Winnipeg season. We've gone over most of the winners now we have to address some of the guys who struggled a bit. And, you know, some of these guys maybe had expectations placed upon their shoulders that, frankly, were a bit too much for them to carry. In particular, I think uh, Josh Morrissey, for me, probably represents one of the biggest disappointments, and I feel like he could tell he was struggling a lot. Some players think everything is going fine and they're doing their best and really trying hard, but some guys, you can tell by their body language, they know that shifts just aren't working right, their decisions are going haywire, every time they touch the puck there's a major mistake, and honestly, Morrissey kind of had that you know frustrated body language throughout much of the season. He'd make a mistake and seemingly recognize it almost immediately, but he kept making the same mistakes over and over again. I think a lot of it was just that he was cast as maybe a number one or like a really good number two, and to be honest, he's probably more like a mid-tier number two or even a really good number three. If you're a defender, that's not the worst outcome, but I think in terms of what Josh Morrissey was expected to do at the start of this brand new contract, it's definitely disappointing, and this year for him was just tragic in a lot of ways. I think Morrissey would probably love to have an undo button and just start over fresh, because this was probably one of his worst seasons as a Jet. I think a lot of it was because he was playing with Tucker Pullman, so I'm not going to harsh on Morrissey as much. The coaching staff took his problems and made them even worse by giving him a partner that really wasn't capable of playing on that first pairing. So, in Morrissey's defense, it's not all on him. By the same token, though, this was a really rough season for him. You could kind of tell that it was weighing on him pretty heavily. He just seemed like he wasn't really thrilled. When he scored that one goal a couple of months ago, it really seemed to at least lift some of the burden, if just for a moment. I don't really know what you do with his contract, because in my mind it does have to be moved at some point, but by the same token, I don't think the Jets really view him as a guy that they they want to move anywhere else. He took the loyalty contract, it seems like the Jets were very committed to him, he was committed to the Jets, and then everything since then has kind of gone off the rails. There were a scant few warning signs heading into his contract extension that suggested that maybe the Jets were in over their heads, and certainly Morrissey might have been a bit less than he was going to be asked to be. Unfortunately for both parties, they kind of forged ahead and went through with it, and now we see a a team that's really lacking a number 1 D, and Josh Morrissey struggling to handle the responsibilities of being the guy that's supposed to be the number 1. And the coaching staff doesn't really seem to recognize that he's not a true elite first pairing guy. They keep giving him tons of ice time, and usually pair him with Pullman or somebody else. That right there is not a sustainable strategy, and I have to think that at some point the coaching staff is going to have to recognize they need a truly elite number 1 puck mover. True going definitely brought in a really great player in Neil Pionk, but it didn't bring in an elite franchise D, at least not yet. Maybe Vili Heinola will one day blossom into that, but until he actually sees meaningful ice time, it's really hard to say what Heinola's true ceiling is going to be or where he even projects right now. As far as losers from the forwards are concerned, I have to say that Mark Scheifele probably gets into this category. For such a strong season, I feel like Scheifele in a lot of ways actually improved on some of the things that I felt he's really struggled with. You know, his body language the past couple of years, it was pretty poor. I felt like his effort was, at times, a bit so-so. And obviously, guys always take shifts off. It's just part of the game. You can't go 100% at all times or even above 100%. But Shifley definitely seemed not as engaged when the Jets were really bad. This year, I felt like we actually got more from him. But, you know, certainly the defensive back-checking and stuff... Still not really there with his game. And in terms of his even-strength production, I think a lot of the meaningful stuff tends to be a little bit limited. So you kind of have to rely on him being like an elite power play creator or getting on a line that's usually away from Connor and and certainly Wheeler. That was until the postseason when he got suspended, and it basically sank any hope of Winnipeg getting past round number two. And I really feel like that single moment kind of defined the entire season for Shifley. You know, Mark will feel very frustrated that that one moment and mistake ended up costing him Basically the entire year, but oftentimes it kind of comes down to those critical moments. You need to have composure and you need to be prepared to handle a lot of the stress and pressure. And Mark kind of cracked in that single moment, really the first time where he's actually lashed out like that. His subsequent comments like we heard today that he was very upset with dops and stuff, I I feel like he's still not owning responsibility. The team kind of seems to be the same way but I'm sure deep down everyone knows whose fault it was, and unfortunately the blame does lie with Shifley, and he may have cost his team their playoff hopes. That is unfortunately enough to take a really good season overall from Shifley and make it a losing season. It it sucks to say that, but unfortunately that's kind of what we're going to be left with, the lingering memory of that single moment and the hit on Evans that's going to stay with us for the rest of the year at least, and him not really backing down from his interpretation of things doesn't make it easier. It's just a bit disappointing because I really feel like this year was a a season in which the Jets could make some noise and do something, even if the team itself was kind of bad, you know. Connor Hellebuck was in amazing form. The the defense wasn't very good. The forwards, though, they were managing to score just enough. Maybe Winnipeg could squeak through, but they basically used all their magic against the, the Edmonton Oilers, and after that, everything else was just very sad. It's now time to embrace the upcoming offseason and hope that the Jets actually get better because we've been watching this team for many years and we all know that usually the Jets kind of spin in wheels. Maybe this time they make the the right choices and, and actually go for change. I'm not going to uh, belabor the point, though. I think you know my thoughts on this, and I'm sure at least some of you feel the same way. So, we will close tonight's episode. I'll probably take a look at a few more winners and losers from the Jets on tomorrow's episode. I do have to save at least some content for the rest of the week, since the Jets aren't going to be giving us much to work with. And then maybe we'll take a look at some winners and losers from around the league. But for tonight's show that will do it, before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!